And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on all the way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 122 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa. Alright, so here we are, another week. Look at me being like on time, well, not on time, but you know, on time for you. <laughs> not so much for my editor, my publisher, my producer, whatever the heck he is, boyfriend over there. But, you know, it's going to come out on time because he's just that good. <laughs> anyway, here we are, another week. Another rant, possibly. Um, housekeeping, I have a bit, I think. Do I have housekeeping? I have housekeeping. What do I have for housekeeping? Well, I'll tell you what I have for housekeeping. Uh, Cliff Flint's book is coming along at, at a snail's pace. Um, it has gone to the formatter. And it is a, there's some interesting parts of it that need to be delicately formatted for it to come out the right way, but we have settled on a cover and all of the advertising is going to start as of next week. Uh, also, also, it is March, people, March, which means... The staff of the Jaysomon Dark Myth Company start to buzz. We start to vibrate. We start to get excited. Why do we get excited? Because one of our divisions, the OCC, or the Open Contract Challenge, starts this month. So there is an excited tone amongst the employees of the Jaysomon Dark Myth Company. Why? We get excited every year, but... This is a special year. This is our fifth year. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Fifth year in this contest, having hosting this contest. We have changed the lives of four other people, hopefully for the better. Um, we have given them the opportunity to have their work in print. And we are now embarking on our fifth year. Now, I have some interesting things to tell you about our fifth year. We have some some new additions to our fifth year. We are still bringing forward. We are still carrying on with the wild card, which is what we had last year. And we are adding something new this year for our contestants um, called rejection insurance. Now, if you buy rejection insurance in round two round one in round one it's five bucks and that guarantees that if you are not chosen by the panel of judges to carry on in the top 20 you can whip out your insurance and go oh yes it does and 21 contestants will move on or however many have bought the insurance we'll move on to round two in round two 
you can buy rejection insurance again for $10 because now it's, you know, the competition starting to get more serious and we're paring down to top 10. So you can buy your rejection insurance and you can either play it before the judging starts and guarantee yourself a spot or wait and see how the judging play plays out. But you have to buy it before the round starts. So at the end of round one, if you want rejection insurance for round two, you have to buy it when round two is announced. And then round three, you can buy it for $15. Like if you notice, it goes up five bucks each time because you're getting closer and closer and closer. But you cannot buy it in the final round. If you do not make it to the final round, that's it. You don't get to buy rejection insurance and buy yourself into a publishing contract. But you can buy your way through. If you believe in your work that strongly, you can buy your way through each round to get it in front of those final judges and see where it takes you. So we are offering that. It's $5, $10, and $15 for the corresponding rounds. So that's kind of exciting. I mean, I know for me, um, the synopsis round, I would be out. Guaranteed, I would be out that round because I can't write a synopsis to save my soul. So I would buy the insurance for that round. And I would still try and write the best synopsis that I could. <laughs> but I would also slap my $5 rejection insurance or $10 rejection insurance on top of that and go, okie dokie, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, a pitch. I'm I'm not real great at writing a pitch either. So I would slap my $5 insurance on the pitch just to get me. Because I know once I get that first chapter in front of those final judges, I know I've got a shot. But psh, getting me to that point. So that's what this insurance does. It gives you the opportunity to get to the point where you're going to shine, to give you that opportunity to put that best foot forward in the area that you are going to excel in. It's just like a little, a little hand up, a little, little insurance to, to kind of help you out in the areas that you may not be very good at. Um, and actually I think, the rejection insurance needs to be used before the round starts. Anyway, all the rules for that will be will be placed on um, the OCC website. That's OpenContractChallenge.com. So you can check it all out. And yeah, I'm. You know what? Personally, for me, I think it is totally worth the five bucks for the insurance, or the ten bucks, or the fifteen bucks for the insurance. So. Something new and exciting. Um, yeah, five years. Can you believe that? Five years we've been running this contest, this this publishing contest. And we have published novels. We have published epic novels. We have published poetry books. I'm, I'm actually kind of rooting for an art book this year, maybe. So, yeah, anything that you deem could be marketable and publishable, you could enter into the contest. Um, I do know one year we had an artist, she made it all the way to the 
third round, I think it was. And that's when she got voted out, was on the third round. Um, she didn't make the top three. Which, as the CEO of the company from this standpoint right now, financially was a good thing because she was from way away. And that was when we were hosting PCE and flying people in. Um, that's also another thing that is changing. Um, instead of um, flying you to California to our event, which we're not holding at the moment, we will send you to an event in your local area. So you get still get to sleep in the comfort of your own bed if you so choose. Um, but yeah, all of the new fantastic things that are happening with the OCC will be on our website. So you can check it out. It'll be all over our Facebook page. It will be all in the ads. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the new ad that just came out introducing the past four winners. Um, and let me see if I can remember them in order. First year, we had Melissa Ridley-Elms and her poetry book, Arthurian Things. Then we had Walter G. Esselman and his sci-fi horror, Supermax, uh, Supermax, okay, horror, Super Horror Max. I always get the name mixed up. Thank you, live studio audience. Super Horror Max. And then our third year was Peggy Gruber and her poetry book. Uh, stumbling through crazy town and then last year was cliff flint and his um medieval um adventure story promised rewards so as you can see it's kind of gone novel poetry novel poetry it's kind of neat how that's worked out and that's been totally like not intentional um what else do we have for housekeeping being uh what oh the world of myth magazine i need to tell you um and this will be posted on our facebook page as well um everybody that submitted for february after um some serious and um frank conversations with the staff of the world myth magazine we have decided that we're closing the magazine no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Breathe. Everybody breathe. Dave, breathe. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> we are not closing the magazine. What we are going to do is we are going to take, because it is now March 3rd um, and the magazine still has not been put out, we have had some bizarre, and I mean bizarre weather, and it actually damaged our internet connection. We had the Spectrum guy come out, was it two days ago? Yesterday. Yes, it came out yesterday, and it's a weak signal in the wires. The The cold has damaged the wires, and it's we have a weak signal, so it's very hard for us to upload large files. Um, connections will time out. We will drop connection. Um, pages will just sit there and try and load and load and load and load and load and, load and take forever to load and never load. <laughs> we get error. Um, the internet will just stop and give up and go, that's it, I'm done. Y'all are just too much for me, I'm out. Uh, especially when all the kids are home and everybody is on the internet at the same time. The internet just can't handle it right now. So what we're, we are in the process of getting it fixed. 
So what we are going to do is we're going to take all of our February submissions and all of our accepted March submissions, and we are going to do the first annual Mega March World of Myth magazine. And I may make this an annual thing where we take that February because between January and March, it's kind of February is a really short month and things are still kind of recuperating from Christmas. People are traveling. Weather is sketchy. Things are there's a lot going on. Our new uh, publishing schedule has just started. Um, so January and February are like insane. So we still put out our new year magazine in January. And what I'm thinking is because February is such a short month that we make March our Mega March Mythical Madness magazine, World of Myth magazine. So that's what we're doing this year. Anyway, we're going to combine February with March and have this mega magazine. Tim, I am so sorry. <laughs> you can do your review in two or three segments. If you need to remember, I love you. <laughs> you are awesome. And I could not do what I do without you. So that's what we're doing. Um, so everybody and everybody will be notified. Um, like I said, there will be an announcement on our Facebook page and emails will be answered as they come in. Uh, so and I just I also want to point out something. Um, I was rather insulted the other day by a contributor, and I just want to point out that posting the links on your personal Facebook wall is, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a gift that we do. It's it's not mandatory. It's not something that is part of being published in the World of Myth magazine. We are not obligated to post those links on your wall. We do it as a consideration. And I had a rather rude email from a contributor. that in no uncertain terms demanded that I send her the link when the magazine was live. Now, anybody who contributes to the magazine, you know where the magazine is. Off you go. Help yourself. There's, there's the link. That is not part of the service we provide with our free online magazine. And the way it was worded was... She was speaking down to me, and I don't take that very well to begin with. Um, but I am not working for you. I am not here for you to demand anything from. You submitted your piece to me. I accepted it. I told you when it would be going live. I even gave you the, e the the web address of our page. It is not my responsibility 
or obligation to send you the direct link when it goes live. I do that as a consideration to our contributors, as a generosity to our contributors. And yes, some of our contributors have come to expect it, and we do try and get them out in a reasonable time, but we are not obligated by any way, shape, or form to post those links on your social media pages. And in all reality, if you really wanted to, most of our contributors have figured out how to go get the link themselves. You hover over the title of your work, you right-click, you open in new tab, and you copy the address line. That's it. That is all. The response that I received from this contributor kind of put a very bad taste in my mouth towards posting the links on people's page because it made me feel very underappreciated. Now, I don't do it to be appreciated. I don't do it to, to be thanked or for recognition or anything like that. I do it as a courtesy. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. I do it as a courtesy. And for her to treat me like some slack-jawed employee that she can talk down to kind of makes me want to go, I'm done. Those are the kind of people that make me not like my job. Make me not want to do my job. And anybody who knows me or have been around for the last five years of this magazine know I love my job. The magazine is the one thing that I will fight tooth and nail. And I have fought tooth and nail to hang on to. It has been suggested on numerous occasions. Would you like to get a new editor? Should we bring in another editor? Because I am doing so many other things. And my first response is always my loudest response. <laughs> and generally, when it is suggested to me, it is usually suggested with two or three pieces of furniture in between the two of us or 3,000 miles. Um, because my response is no, hell no, not even, no, mm -mm. not happening. I am not giving up my magazine. Because even though David K. Montoya started this magazine in 2004, in 2019, it became my magazine. And the day I became editor-in-chief, it was my magazine. It is my baby now. I am raising it. I am nurturing it. I am loving it. And I am crying over it. I'm sweating over it. I'm stressing over it. I'm trying to get it to go to college. And it's balking at me and arguing with me and rolling its eyes at me. It's my baby now. So I will not give up the magazine. But I also will not be treated like the hired help because I don't work for the contributors. And the contributors don't work for me. We have a symbiotic coexistent relationship. Without them, I wouldn't have a magazine. Without me, they wouldn't have a magazine to contribute to. So we need each other. See what I'm saying? 
So, yeah. Anyway, where I was going with that is February's magazine is now going to be together with March. It's going to be a big one. <laughs> and I can tell you there's one contributor that's not going to get the link emailed to them. Just the website. <laughs> I know, I can be petty and I shouldn't be petty. I shouldn't let it be personal. But it is very personal to me because this is my job. This is my career. This is my blood, sweat, tears. This is time away from the outside world. This is time away from fun things like watching a movie or going for a walk. This is dedication and and I know I'm 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 sorry. I'm kind of venting on you guys. And I didn't want to vent on you guys about the magazine because I do love the magazine. I love the way it looks. I love all of our contributors and the incredible stories and poetry and artwork. Well, the artwork we kind of have to beg for every month. But all of the, the stories and the poetry and the drabbles and the flash fiction and the children's literature, which was a suggested column, what, a year ago? by Tim Law, says, I've got a kid's book, children's story. Can I submit it? So I had a conversation with Dave and I said, look, we're not doing the uh, wrestling reviews anymore. We have this empty column. Why don't we throw children's literature into it? If it doesn't work, we'll take it out, just like we did the wrestling reviews. And he kind of balked at it for a little while because he doesn't do well with change. Especially when it comes, he's much better now. <laughs> because when I suggest a change, I back it up with statistics and fact and examples. And I give him like a whole spreadsheet of this is what I'm seeing. So that it's not just a, hey, dude, we're changing this, okay? It's, I would like to add this column. This is why these are the contributors the contributions we have to that column right now. And this is where I see it going. This one story is going to be an ongoing story. So we're going to have this column for a while. We might get other contributors and we have, we have gotten other contributors. We've had months where we've had three or four kids stories, children's stories. And by children, I mean anybody under the age of 16. So children to young adult or under the age of 18, because most of our other um, columns are adult-oriented. So our children's literature is under the age of consent, basically, under the age of 18. So it ranges. Like, we get some, like the one that Tim's writing right now is kind of young adult to, you know, 17 years of old years eight of age and children's lit's still there uh starting the we were seeing this trend with drabbles starting to appear everywhere and everybody was writing them and i said why don't we add a drabble flash microfiction section and that was two years ago and he he and i was too convinced it was going to be a fad that it would fade away. People would go back to writing the longer stories, back to writing poet. Oh, no, it stuck around. And some months, that is the column that is the fullest. That and poetry. 
those two sections, nine times out of ten, have the most contributions to them, um, which is amazing. It's great. So, yeah, like, I, I love the magazine. I love watching the way that it has changed and morphed and, and moved into different circles and different um, realms and watching, like, sometimes this is more popular and sometimes that is more popular and kind of easing it along with its growth. I love it. I know one day I am going to need to, to take on an assistant. Um, that assistant is going to have to be a very special person because I am not an easy person to work with. I will admit that. I can be a bit of a, a, a perfectionist. I can be a bit of a slave driver. Um, and I like things done a certain way. And I have done things a certain way with the magazine for the last five years. So if I were to take on an assistant, they would have to do it exactly the way I do it. Unless they can show to me and prove to me otherwise that a different way is better. Because I have kind of fine-tuned how we, the editing is always going to be the same way. The editing is the editing. You have to go through it line by line, word for word, yada, yada, yada. But how it's, it's go, it goes from editing to the spreadsheet, to the magazine, to the emails, all of that is a specific way of doing things. So what else do we have for, if I keep talking, this whole episode is going to be just housekeeping and the rants that I feel about it. <laughs> what else do we have for housekeeping? He thinks that's it. He's over there mumbling. Um, okay. So last week and the week before I touched on the whole trans thing that is going on right now. And if you have any sort of um, social media that you can watch videos on like Instagram or Facebook stories or TikTok. TikTok is the big one. It is everywhere. And it started, there were little rumbles here and there. There were videos starting to crop up, uh, boys wanting to be girls, whatever, and making a mockery of going and buying tampons. Day whatever of being a girl and I'm going to go buy tampons and then opening it up and where am I supposed to put that making a mockery of it and that kind of started to cause some rumbles with the biological women because it's not a funny situation in any stretch of the imagination and then Jeffrey Marsh came along and if you go back in his videos several years he was speaking to adults about transitioning and being trans and being non-binary. Now, he says he's non-binary. And to my understanding, non-binary means you don't accept either gender. You are neither. You're neither male. You are neither female. You don't identify with either. But everything that he speaks to is trans. So that kind of confuses me a little bit. But that's besides the point. A lot of what he says confuses me a little bit. Um, well, then he started pandering to children. And that's when he started getting noticed. 
And I mean, he's still, he's got this one video about stop telling trans people they're inspirational. Okay. Well, um, some of the trans people that I know being told that they're inspirational, being told that their strength is admirable, their courage is admirable, does a lot for their mental health. So shut the hell up. Uh, see, I told you that was going to be the catchphrase for this podcast, didn't I? Didn't I? I walked around the other day and it was like everything I heard. Oh, just shut the hell up. Just shut the hell up. Because it was just this this whole debate is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I know there's going to be people out there that are going to um, start screaming, oh, you're transphobic. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. No, I'm not. I'm a pissed off woman. I am a mad biological female. And a lot of, of trans men are coming forward. I think trans men is women to man. Yeah, they're coming forward and they're standing up for women. The, the biological, like the, the ones that didn't do nothing. Um, and, and saying, you know, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, they're still biologically female. They can't change that. They cannot change their chromosomes. They cannot change their DNA. They are biologically female. End of story. They're not one of the 197 other genders that you can choose to be. That's your identity. Biologically, you're female. Or biologically, you're male. And it's very interesting that a lot of the trans women are the ones that are raising such a stink about going and buying tampons and their right to do this and they're, they're, they're you know, wanting to call biological women that are still women chest feeders, birthers, menstruators. To make it inclusive. No, I'm a woman. You don't, we, we don't need any labels. Thank you very much. And I want to ask you, if you've got all these labels, chest feeder, birther, menstruator. What about when you can't do any of those anymore? Or you couldn't do any of those in the first place? Because you suffer from, what, PCOS? Or biologically, like my best friend, my yellow, and my aunt, biologically, they can't have children. They have ovaries, they have a uterus, they have a cervix, they have all the female parts they were born with. They don't work. They're broken. Now, my aunt is a different story. She could biologically go and have a child with anybody else other than my uncle. My aunt and my uncle, their chemistry does not mix. And this was scientifically proven. They went through numerous testing. They tried in vitro and 
my aunt's body attacks my uncle's genetic code and goes, no, <laughs> we are not making one of you. If you knew my uncle, you'd kind of see that as a blessing. But, yeah, they, chemically, they do not mix. But she is not a, a chest feeder. She is not a birther. And now that she's 70-something, she's not a menstruator either. So what does that make her? Are we less than women? Are we less than? Because we can't do any... We're not women anymore because we can't do these things? Where, where are we? No, we're just women. Whether we can breastfeed... It's not chest feeding. It's breastfeeding. Milk comes from the breast. Okay? If you are breastfeeding a child... Your body has produced that milk. It has come from the boobies to the baby. Now, for trans women who want to kind of experience what that is like, yes, there is a device that has a thin tube that you run down the outside of the artificial breast into the baby's mouth. It's tube feeding. Let's pretend it's not breastfeeding. It's not chest feeding. Whatever. So a lot of trans women are coming forward and saying, you know what? They don't need labels. We don't need labels. Or trans men are coming forward saying, you know, we don't need labels. At the end of the day, we are still genetically, biologically, scientifically female. You can't change chemistry. You can choose to live in your skin any way you want to. Any way that makes you feel comfortable, that makes you feel alive and, and mentally sound. And if being a woman makes you feel that way, fine, be one. But don't kid yourself. Okay, and there are a lot of people out there making a mockery of this, and I'm sorry, but I am not a costume to be worn. My gender is not a costume. It's not. The fact that I used to menstruate and the fact that I gave birth was not a choice. Biological fact. You can't, and, and that's some of the other things that he's saying, is that biological sex is fake. What? Wait, what? I'm going to say that one more time. What? Biological? Wait, okay. In order for it to be biological, it had to have been scientifically proven. It is your biology. Did you miss biology class? How about anatomy 101? You take the frog and you cut the frog open and you take out all the parts and you find out, is it a female frog or is it a male frog? You do the same with humans and you will find, is it a, a male human or a female human? The outside is just the outside. You cannot change the outside and change the inside. And labeling us cis women, labeling us chest feeders and birthers and menstruators and whatever 
vibration you want to call us. We didn't ask for any of it. We have been more than content to stand beside our trans sisters and support them and their right to live however they want to live. But now they're attacking us. They're making us, they're trying to erase an entire gender. And at the risk of um, sounding petty, we were here first. Really. And it's, it's, I'm not going to make a whole lot of, about this because this could just be a hornet's nest that I'm not sure I want to kick. My live studio audience might get involved. But it's kind of funny that all the men that are transitioning to women are the ones that are making this big fuss about tampons and going and buying them and being allowed to carry them. And that menstruation is a state of mind and it's not real and, and biology is not real. And Ow. <laughs> the absolute absurdity. And at times, borderline stupidity that I am seeing just boggles my mind. And I have always been one of the people that have been one of the first ones to stand up and say, you know what, you have a right to that. I stood beside my friends and supported their right to be married. Gay marriage. I support that completely. Love is love. I don't care who you love. And if you want to be married to that person, if you want the government to recognize that you are a family unit, then I support that. I have stood beside my trans friends. You want to be trans? You want to be a woman? All right. You're going to find out just like the rest of us did. High heels are a bitch. They are just made to make you look pretty. They are not functional for walking or anything else. And some of them are just made to be sitting in. Trans men. Great. If you feel like you are more masculine than you are feminine and you are stuck in the wrong body and you want to change that body, I will support that. But when you start attacking me for being who I am, I take issue with that large issue with that and so do a lot of trans men because they will be the first ones to tell you we are still women biologically we are still women we can't change that they can't change that and I'm not going to be ashamed or feel guilty for the fact that I'm just a woman I was born female I grew up female, I'm aging as a female, and I'm going through all of the wonderful things that happens when you get to be an older female. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Menopause and the things they don't tell you. Um, I don't want to be labeled as a chest feeder. I don't want to be labeled as a birther and you ex the, the 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 these specific trans people 
in the community because it's not the entire community it's a specific group expect us to as women and men yes i am leaving off cis intentionally to respect their choices and their titles their labels and yet they're not respecting our choices to not be labeled i didn't ask to be called cis i didn't ask to be called anything else i just want to be a woman i just want to go through my life support my friends love who i love do what i do hang out with who i hang out with and carry on i don't want to be part of some political debate and have my gender canceled or erased and have my identity is what I identify as questioned or accused of being transphobic because now I'm speaking out because now you're attacking me. Now I'm quite content for y'all just live the way, whatever the hell you want to live. I don't care. Be a potato. I don't care. Leave my gender, leave my reproductive system, which there's not much left of, alone. Don't slap a label on me because it makes you feel better. I'm so tired of having to be cognizant of everybody else's feelings. Can't say this, you might offend somebody. Can't say that, you might hurt somebody's feelings. Can't do this, that might be viewed as as, as phobic or or whatever. But while they're laying down all of these rules and all of these things that we can and cannot say, nobody has ever once turned to the straight male or the straight female and said, does this offend you? Does this make you feel uncomfortable? Are you okay with being called this? No, nobody's ever done that, ever. Because I can guarantee you, if they had a, there would have been a resounding, yeah, don't do that. Knock it off. Just, you're making it, you're making something so simple, incredibly complicated. It's a trend now. And to many of the older trans people that have been trans for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you're making a mockery of them. And they have just gone on and lived their lives. They've done what they've needed to do to be comfortable in their own skin and either live their life as a man or live their life as a woman. And now you're making a mockery of them. You are putting them in the crosshairs along with yourself. You are making the entire trans community look ridiculous. And you want us to take you seriously. We are desperately trying to take you seriously. I, for one, have always taken the community seriously. I have always been a full supporter of the LGBTQ 
community. And I was actually accused the other day of not having any friends in the community or having support for the community because I spoke out. And that's what happens. The minute you speak out, they jump on you. You're transphobic. Mm, no, I'm not. I'm just angry. I'm allowed to be angry. So, there's some commotion downstairs. <laughs> I, oh, I just, I don't want to keep beating on this and I don't want to keep having to vent about it, but it's getting to the point where it's getting dangerous for a straight male or a straight female to say that they are what they are. If I say I'm just a woman, well, no, you're not. You're this, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. No, I'm not. I'm a woman. That's it. That's all. I am female. There are two biological genders. Not 197. And the human race is the only place that you will find 197 genders. No other mammal amphibian or aviary has 197 genders the amoeba can be either or it's kind of cool um and yes there are i think lizards that can change their gender i think snakes can change their gender um i think Sea lions, or not sea lions, but uh, seahorses, can pop, I think they can change their gender back and forth. If there aren't enough females to males, they can change. Anyway, it's kind of neat. So, yeah, there are trans in the <laughs> Kind of. But the community, the select few are making the entire community look like a mockery. And you're putting to shame those that have fought hard to be where they are and to be in the skin that they're in. And I've known a few trans people. I have been very close to several trans, to, to these trans people. And I can tell you, when Veronica transitioned, when she made the conscious choice to no longer be Frasier and to be Veronica, and she started the hormones and she started the therapy, started growing breasts. She started the therapies. She started going through for the surgeries. Um, buying pads and tampons was not even on her radar. Buying makeup, buying a bra, a comfortable bra that fit. The choice between underwire or no underwire. Those were her concerns. Shaving, electrolysis on her face. Those were her concerns, not whether or not she was going to go to the store and buy tampons or pads. That was never a conversation that I had with her, ever. She wanted to know what I preferred on underwire versus no underwire. Um, pantyhose. 
makeup products, all of that hairstyle, like hair gels and stuff that, that we use. Um, but she, she didn't care. Now I do understand the transition from male to female. Yes, they do wear a pad for a few weeks post-surgery because there is some drainage, there is some, some leakage, whatever, but it's only for a few weeks and then you're done. So you get to experience it for a couple of weeks and go, oh, well, at least I wore one, yeah, you know, and then move on. You never have to wear one again. But those that have gone through bottom surgery, they're not the ones making the big stink all over TikTok. They just go about their business, they do their thing, and they live their lives. And unfortunately, this select group are putting targets on not only their community, but like I said, straight males and straight females. The minute you say, I am a straight female, I am not using pronouns, I don't care if it's politically correct, I am not using a pronoun. You can look at me and tell I'm a girl, period. End of discussion. You don't need to know any more than that. I don't need to give you my pronouns. I don't need to tell you if I'm trans, non-binary, cis, whatever. None of your damn business, for one. I've got boobs. That should tell you. I am of the female persuasion. <laughs> my live studio audience is being silly. He knows my blood pressure is up a little bit, so he's trying to bring me back down. And I love him for it. It doesn't matter if you can buy pads, if you can buy tampons, if you can use them. It doesn't matter. But that's the big stink. That's the big debate. And now we're getting into this ridiculous, and, and I'm sorry, you can come at me. I have broad shoulders. I can take it. This ridiculous arena of rewriting science, rewriting biology by saying biology is fake. what happens with the female reproductive system is a state of mind that you can choose. No, you can't. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't. When you die and all the skin and the bone and the muscle and everything is gone off your body and all that's left is a skeleton, it's going to be either male or female and it'll come down to the head might be a little tricky to try and figure out there are differences in a male skull and a female skull um the chest breastbone the ribs are kind of the same some are narrower but if you're a skinny little dude 
that might be, you know, confused. It'll come down to the pelvis, the pelvic bone, and whether or not that pelvis has a birth canal or not. Period. End of discussion. And I'm sorry, but unless you're going to have your pelvis replaced, you are still biologically unrefutably chromosomally female. Yeah, I made that word up, but it's a damn good one. <laughs> so you can say genetics are fake. You can say that genetics are a state of mind that you can choose to be in. And you can be wrong all day long. Now, that being said, if you are a trans woman and you are a trans man and you are struggling, reach out and talk to somebody. Don't reach out and talk to Jeffrey Marsh. He's an idiot. Plain and simple. Don't go back into hiding because of a select group of idiots. Because I know from speaking with Veronica on her very bad days that there were times that ending her life was the only way she saw out of the pain that she was feeling, the struggles that she was going through, trying to feel accepted in her own body, but trying to get that acceptance from her family as well very difficult for a trans person going through transition and wanting to live as their authentic self for the people around them and and how they relate and I honestly don't know I would support my children should they choose to be male or female but it would take a toll on me emotionally it would be very difficult and I would support them because I love them regardless. I love them regardless. And if you know my kids, you would understand. I love them regardless. <laughs> but I don't know. It needs to stop being a thing. I understand the fight for gay marriage. You won. You can get married. I understand the fight for trans rights, but you need to remember they're trans rights. They're not women's rights. They're not men's rights. They're trans rights. You're fighting for your right to choose how you want to live. Okay? And I will support you in making that choice, but don't label it as women's rights. You're a trans woman. You want labels? Fine. There's your label. You are a trans woman. I am a woman. You are a trans man. He is a man. That's it. That's all. And if you choose to not identify with either gender, well, here's your unicorn horn. Off you go. Here's a bag of bread. Go be a toaster. Whatever. I, I have issues with non-binary. I don't understand it. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense to me. 
non-binary is 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 binary not numbers is is binary not a mathematical term uh, let's let's google i want to google what the actual definition of non-binary because i seem to remember learning about non-binary numbers and binary numbers in math class now i wasn't very good in math All right. So everything I've pulled up so far is is pertaining to um, gender. Here we are. Let's go to Merriam-Webster because you know. Okay, so not restricted to two things or parts, like non-binary voting, uh, such as of relating to or being a system of numbers that does not use two at its base. <coughs> and then they've added a new one. Relating to or being a person who identifies with or expresses a gender identity that is neither entirely male nor entirely female. Any effort to create more equality for non-binary and transgendered students across campus. Huh? What? I said it's a conflicting definition. Yes. Um, because transgender is not non-binary. Transgender is one or the other. Non-binary is either or. Either or. Maybe this, maybe that. I don't know. I don't know how. However, I happen to feel that day. Either or or both. Which is something that, that, that Jeffrey Marsh, he wears eye makeup and grows a beard. Um, yeah. It's very strange. He's very strange. I don't like him. For a lot of reasons. So, from the 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 beginning, non-binary is mathematical and was adopted for gender. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're going to totally disregard biology, if you're going to totally disregard science, which are two logical and rational realms of study, then you can't steal from the third logical and rational realm of study, which is mathematics. Those three realms are irrefutable. They're fact-based. Pardon? They're fact-driven. Thank you. So you're going to use the term non-binary which comes from something that is fact-driven to refute a biological fact. Holy contradiction. But that's just my personal opinion. And like I forgot to say at the beginning of this podcast, the opinions expressed 
in the program you just listened to do not necessarily reflect those of the Jason Dark Myth Company, and they are mine and mine alone. You can reach me at, I don't even know what email. I haven't checked that email in so long. I should probably check that email. I actually have a Lupus Bits email that I just remembered I had. So check lupusbits at gmail.com, I think, or bitslupa. I don't know. You know where to find me. And I think I'm going to end it there because I could just rant about this for days and I really want to be over it. Um, I really want to move past it. And I think I need to, I talked to my mother today. And I think I need to take the words of wisdom that I imparted on her and turn them back onto myself. You've heard me talk about um, the joy status that I used to do. I call it joy therapy now. I know that sounds just so woke and new age and whatever. Whatever. It doesn't involve crystals. It doesn't involve, you know, standing in the sun, facing the west, going hum, for half an hour, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't involve elevating your vibrational whatever. No. It, would you shut up over there? <laughs> He's trying to raise his internal vibrations. Open his chakras and see through his third eye. Actually, I believe in all that crap too, so. <laughs> I am allowed to mock it because not only do I believe in it, I studied it and I work with it, so. <clears throat> anyway, my mom is struggling with something that she's been struggling with for a while. Um, she, and I didn't want to point this out to her today. Um, she says she's very bitter and angry. And I didn't want to point out to her that she's been very bitter and angry for about 10 years now, 14 years. Um, she seems to think it's recent. <laughs> it's just another thing in a line of events that have happened that have turned her into this very bitter, very angry old woman. So I gave her the joy therapy method that I have created. This is copyrighted to Stephanie J. Barty, the joy therapy method. And this is March 2nd, 2023. Nobody better steal it. Anyway, the joy therapy method is very simple, but it's very hard and it's very effective. And anything that is hard to do Anything that you struggle with to accomplish, to do, that you, you, you avoid doing and you don't want to do it, those are the things that tell you it's worth it. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. You're going to have to go deep into places you don't want to go. And it's so bizarre how it works, but believe me, it works. So... What I told her to do now, I used to, I did this publicly because I was kind of doing it as a social experiment to see if it would work. And lo and behold, not only did it work for me, but seeing my statuses twice a day worked for a whole bunch of other people as well. It kind of had a ripple effect. And then some of those people took the method and they implemented it themselves into their lives and they saw the change they started to feel it as well. So what I would do is every morning while I was drinking my coffee, and I do this in my mind now, 
I don't write it down. I don't make it public. I just kind of drink my coffee and I do it mentally. And you set yourself up for the day with one line. Today, I will find my joy and name a place, whether if the only thing that you can think of at that moment in time is your cup of coffee, then that's where you start. I will find my joy in this cup of coffee. And you focus on drinking that cup of coffee and you go about your day. At the end of the day, when everything is done and you are lying in bed and you're about ready to go to sleep and you're scrolling through your phone for the final time or you're writing in your journal or you've shut the TV off and you've rolled over and you're settling your mind to sleep, you end your day with, I found my joy and you look back on your day at the moments that made you laugh, the moments that made you smile, the moments that lifted your spirits even just a little bit. And you kind of relive those moments in your mind. And sometimes at the very beginning of this therapy, you will find that you will only be able to, okay, so only one thing brought me joy today. Because you're trying so hard to find those big, aha, that's joy right there. I get it. I see it. You're trying, you're trying so hard to find those moments. And then by about week two, after you've done it for seven days, by about week two, you start minimalizing the joy. So this morning I was drinking my coffee and we were actually in the car as I was drinking my coffee and it was, I will find today, I will find my joy in no snow on the ground. And there have been several moments since then that I will be able to recount tonight when I go to bed that have brought me joy. And you will find by week two, you'll be at the end of the day. Well, I found my joy in a perfect flower that I saw on my walk or the feel of the sun on my face as it warmed me or the sound of a bird. The perfect song on the radio at the perfect moment singing at the top of the, my lungs. In the, and you'll have like this never ending list of little tiny things. Perfect cup of tea. Hug from your child. Just these little tiny things that have happened throughout the day that kind of made you go. And that lifted your spirits a little bit. And then by about week four, week five is when you start to realize that the culmination of all those little tiny moments throughout the day is your big joy. And that's when you start to realize you're waking up in the morning and you're like, where am I going to look for it today? Where am I going to find it? Am I going to find it? And you're excited about what the day is going to bring you, where those moments are going to come and you're looking for them. And you will start to notice that your outlook, your attitude, how you feel inside starts to change. And a lot of the anger and a lot of the, the misery, a lot of the negativity starts to just kind of fade away. And it gets replaced with positivity. And it really is about changing the way 
you perceive. Change your perception. That's all it is, is changing your perception. And it's by doing it through repetition. And by training your brain to look for things that you wouldn't normally pay attention to. Like the giggle of your children when you make them laugh. Or a meal that you were kind of not quite sure was going to turn out, but worked out really well and everybody loved it. Or taking off your bra at the end of the day. Some days at the beginning of my joy therapy, that was my biggest joy that I found that day, was taking that bra off at the end of the day and throwing the damn thing on the floor. I'm done. End of day. And some days it was the sunshine, the perfect cloud, the way the trees kind of danced in the wind, you know, all of these very poetic things. But at the very beginning, it's very hard because it's very easy to go. I'm not going to find any joy. What's there to be joyful about? I've got dishes. I've got laundry. I've got bills to pay. I've got kids to look after. I've got a job to go to. My life sucks. My body hurts. You know, my hair didn't go right. Whatever. It's very easy to find the negative. And it's very easy to listen to that narrative and it's very difficult to change that narrative to a positive one because we are the hardest on ourselves so i suggested her to do this and she's like no i don't think i would stick with it i don't think i would do it and i looked at her and i said that is the exact reason why you need to do it because you don't think you'll stick with it because you don't think you'll do it because you know it's going to be hard and she said well i talked to your aunt about it and she's just as mad. And I'm like, you can't do that because all that is doing is feeding her anger and her bitterness. It's not helping her to move through it. It's not helping her to view it from a different perspective. She's viewing it from a place of pain right now. And she needs to see it in a broader perspective so that she can move through it and let it go. Because life is way 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 too short and that is one thing that I learned that I took one of the lessons that I took from the death of my father and how quick he was healthy one minute gone the next literally was that if you hang on to things that don't bring you joy that don't make you happy that don't fulfill you that that keep you in that negative headspace you're going to miss out on so much other joy and so much other happiness. And you're not going to get that time back. That time's gone. We can't go back and do it again. It's not like a movie where you missed a funny part and you can rewind and watch that funny part again. No, it's gone. That's it. We have one life. One. That is it. We have eternal afterlife. We can do whatever we want over there for however long we want to. This is very short. So I don't want, when I started this, I didn't want to live in that mental state of misery anymore. And 
my doctors weren't helping, my therapist wasn't helping. And I did discuss when I went back to therapy, I did discuss this method with my therapist and she was actually kind of impressed. <laughs> and she says it does like doing positive affirmations work. So trying to find joy in a life that you feel is joyless, is miserable, is dark and, and you're angry and bitter is very difficult, but you will get there. So, oh, good heavens. All right. I am going to end it here. Um, you've got quite the podcast this week. So I hope you hung around. If you're still here and you're still listening, thank you. <laughs> I promise next week we'll try and get back to, um, I don't know. We'll do something entertaining. We'll do something fun. Um, Florida man. Yes. Since I will be heading back to Florida to pick up my mother, we will discuss Florida man and Florida woman. Cause I'm pretty sure they have done some stupid things since the last time I did Florida man and Florida woman. So yeah, next week will be all jokes and fun and I will have some stories to tell you because Saturday night I am going to karaoke with Dave's sister. So that should be fun. First of all, I have to wear a skirt and high heeled shoes. So there could be an ass over tea kettle moment. Um, huh? As long as I don't end up, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to break anything. Touch wood. <laughs> I had a big wooden dresser right beside me. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to end up on my butt at some point in time or my face. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, we're going to go to a bar in Victorville. That's scary enough as it is. Um, and we're going to sing some karaoke. Um, I'm going to be in a place where nobody knows me. I don't ever have to see them again. Huh. And I am probably going to sound ridiculous. But I tell you, when I get up on that stage, I will make you believe I know what I'm doing. And then I will start to sing, and you'll all realize I haven't a clue. And the thing is, is I used to sing. I used to sing competitively, and it's kind of bumming me. Like, my voice is slowly starting to come back. I can at least kind of hold a tune, I think. I don't know. Nobody here has complained, really. But they haven't really said, you know, oh, that sounded really good either. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I can guarantee you I will be singing Walking in Memphis, because that's my go-to karaoke song. <laughs> and I know it, word for word. But, yeah. So we will be live streaming on um, Rebecca's TikTok, probably. So Spooky Girl, Ghoul, Spooky Ghoul, go find her. You can watch us. Uh, she streams on Instagram as well. Uh, if the place happens to have Wi-Fi, I might stream from my TikTok or my Instagram. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not sure I want my friends to actually see me do that. Although I used to go to karaoke um, back in the day when I had no life and I was miserable. I'm so miserable now. I don't need to go out into public and make an ass out of myself. But apparently, Rebecca seems to think I do. So, <laughs> it's her birthday. It's what she wants to do. We are going to uh, go to karaoke, and I will tell you all about it next week. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Be the kind friend and don't lick shit. See ya.
Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.